A quick warning to our listeners, this series contains discussions of sensitive topics, including trauma. Please take care when listening. Kids come from hard places. It's a reality even if it's not easy to accept. During their childhood, when they're supposed to be having fun, making friends, learning new things, some children and teens are facing abuse and neglect. They may live in fear. They may have to fend for themselves. They may not know where their next meal is coming from. Many of these youth find themselves in the foster care system, searching for safety and healing. In this podcast, we want to take a closer look at trauma and attachment, the results of living your early life in hard places. We want to explore how widespread trauma and attachment challenges are and how they can affect children and adults inside and outside the child welfare system. We want to hear from parents who are seeing trauma and attachment challenges play out every day in their homes. We want to learn from these parents who are navigating the needs of their children, committed to changing their lives for the better. This is Unsettled from Hard Places, a multi-part podcast from DePaul Community Resources. I'm Allison Wickline-Burns, host and producer of this podcast. Is it hard? Yeah. Um, But is it beautiful? Absolutely. Bettina Stevens has adopted three children internationally and is currently a foster parent. As she opened her home to children in need, she saw trauma and attachment firsthand. Kind of one of the biggest things that we didn't realize was how much they would communicate their trauma through behaviors. And so that was something that we really struggled with, just understanding the true complexity of trauma and how to actually navigate that day to day in the home. We did not understand the depth of what trauma does to the brain inherently, how that changes over time. And then developmentally, you know, what age we were getting our children at was was just something that we never thought about. So we adopted our boys at ages three and four. And I would say our four-year-old was probably about 18 months developmentally. Um, And that was just something that we were not prepared for. We were not educated on. We had no idea how to navigate the needs of an 18-month-old brain and a four-year-old body and how much that would manifest through his behaviors. Um, And so that was something that it took us I would say probably about nine months before we kind of really understood what that looked like and how to take that step-by-step and day-by-day. And then I think just moving even one step further into that was just this idea of how isolating and lonely this journey can be for both the child and the parent as we navigate attachment and as we navigate what their trauma looked like compared to what we were trying to navigate in our home. The family's journey to find healing together was rocky for a while. On top of the trauma and attachment issues, Bettina and her husband faced cultural differences with their children. This is something she wishes they had prepared more for, parenting children with completely different backgrounds in a way that honors where those children came from. We adopted our boys from Uganda. So they were raised, obviously, in an African environment and culture, and then bringing them here, I just didn't, we, I should say, my husband and I just didn't quite realize how 
difficult it would be to be a white parent of a child of color. And so that was something that we kind of hit the ground running with as soon as we saw how different their environment and lens was compared to ours and how they navigated the world compared to what we had been brought up in. And we very quickly realized that was a huge lack of education on our part that we really needed to jump into headfirst. As the family was learning to live life together, some members of the community didn't quite understand how to interact with them or help them. I say all the time, I felt like there were some people like we were down in the trench and people were kind of throwing food and water down to us, but nobody was actually coming down to understand what it meant to be in crisis in our home for such a long period of time. Bettina says she and her husband got a lot of praise for what they were doing, but there was little to no recognition for the resilience of their children. You know, they're in a family, they're loved, um, you know, they, they're they so grateful. You, they should be so grateful that they're in your home. And that was something that we just didn't agree with. Like they had gone through so much loss and so much trauma and we didn't feel they should be grateful. We really just wanted to figure out how to understand them holistically as a child and then really integrate them into our family in a way that felt safe and healing for them, but also safe and healing for us. It took time for Bettina and her family to find peace, and it's still a work in progress. But today, they feel better prepared to navigate challenges together, and that is a huge victory. Today, the family welcomes children in foster care who need a loving, safe place to stay. I say all the time that adoption and foster care is the most terrifyingly beautiful thing that I've ever done. Um, you know, there's not a day that goes by that we don't try to navigate our kiddos' needs in a way that is maybe a little unknown or that we're trying to help them find healing and something that's really deep that we may never understand. But the growth that you see um, in the children when they find a safe place or when you're able to just let them be themselves without shame or judgment or abuse in the picture, um, just how beautiful it is. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hook, but there is a part where like the lost boy grabs Peter's face and says like, there you are, Peter. Um, that's how I feel with my kids all the time. Um, when you see glimpses of who they are inside when they're just like unabashedly themselves and they're not scared and they're not um, feeling lonely or they're not feeling the heaviness of what that could be and just how beautiful that journey is to just say, there you are inside. Through her family's experience, Bettina has seen the tremendous value of in-depth education and training. You can read all the books and do all the webinars and take all the quizzes. Um, but ultimately, when that child is in front of you, you need tangible, proactive strategies to make a difference, um, both for their healing, but also for you to be effective as a parent. And I, I just really encourage people that if you're feeling that longing or tugging, you know, to not be scared of it, but to really just do the education and do the work up front so that you can be a safe haven for these kids. Because, you know, when they come in and they have all this stuff going on, um, you're kind of, you know, weeding through the trenches with them a little bit, but really all they're looking for is someone to just say, I'm here and I'm not going to go anywhere. And I think 
ultimately, if we can do that, we can ask for help in the process of that and really kind of link arms with other community members to say, I need your help to make this happen, then it's totally doable. And the importance of a well-funded child welfare system that is proactive versus reactive. I think there's a ton of interventions that are in place and could be in place, but we wait till the family is in crisis or until the child's in crisis to really utilize those things or until there's funding available. Um, And I think we're doing a huge disservice to the child and the family as a whole. We're really encouraging family disruption. Yes, there's a total need for foster families because there's so many children in the system, but I would love to see if there's a way for us to prevent those children going into the system in the first place um, and really kind of getting to more of the root cause of where we are as a society and how do we prevent a lot of that? Because for sure, there's a point where it's not preventable for the child to be removed, but there's a lot of times that there is a way for that child to be prevented from being separated from their biological family. Bettina's experience, good and bad, has led her to create a nonprofit called the Reclaimed Hope Initiative. The nonprofit's goal is to bridge the gap for families experiencing trauma, crisis, or long-term hardship. They have support groups and host summer camps. And today, they serve around 80 families. In the next episode of Unsettled from Hard Places, we hear from a foster parent who has spent years welcoming children and teens from hard places into her home. Unsettled from Hard Places is a multi-part podcast from DePaul Community Resources, an agency invested in opening doors to hope and belonging to all people by providing services, educating our communities, and advocating for meaningful and systemic change. The podcast is hosted and produced by me, Allison Wickline Burns. Thank you to our sponsors, Marsh McLennan, Segra, and Wilbank Smith and Thomas. Please visit depaulcr.org slash unsettled podcast for more content and to learn how you can get involved. Thank you for listening.